Welcome to another episode of Sauls in the City. I am so freaking excited to be sharing this episode with Olivia Caridi. For those of you who know me, I'm obviously a huge Bachelor fan. Been watching since I was way too young. Um, I think I started in eighth grade, so like what, fourteen? Um, thanks, Dad, for <laughs> being that influence on me. So I've seen like all seasons. Um, and I clearly remember Olivia's season and I actually like loved her so much, especially in the beginning, as I mentioned in the episode. Um, but not only is she just such a badass member of Bachelor Nation, even though she probably wouldn't say, you know, consider herself a Bachelor Nation member. Um, she's also an incredible podcaster and interviewer. So I just feel so honored to have had the opportunity to record with her and just witness her amazing interview skills and um yeah just have an awesome conversation with her however before diving into the episode with olivia i did want to touch on the events that occurred on thursday january 7th 2021 um obviously this was a blatant display of domestic terrorism and i fully fully condemn the actions of those who were involved in the riot as well as the man who <laughs> incited it um and i apologize for not making a statement sooner but i've been thinking a lot about the mental health implications of this event because i obviously run a mental health podcast and i think it's important to shed light on the ways in which this riot affected you know all Americans, but specifically black, African-American and people of color and Jewish Americans as well. Um, so the stats major me is just going to read a few, <laughs> a few bullet points to kind of explain what I'm talking about. So after the, um, in the aftermath of the riot, 11,826 people completed a mental health screen, um, conducted by the Mental Health for America as compared to January 6, 2021. Um, of those screened, 26.81% cited that the current events were contributing to their mental distress. So this was an increase of 3.5% um, from January 6th. Um, in addition, 6.44% cited racism um, as contributing to their mental health um, issues. Um, so that was an increase of 1%. Um, and also it's important to note that current, when I say current events, that doesn't include COVID-19, financial problems, racism, grief, or loss. So those are all separate categories. So basically, as you can see that the horrific event that occurred at the Capitol um, is contributing to 26 is affecting 26 percent of people's mental health um and yeah i think it's just important to say that after wednesday's dc riot the mental health of our nation has been 
negatively affected. And um, it's not a surprise, but it should just be another wake up call that all is not well with our mental health in America. And this is an opportunity for a further awakening of the mental health impacts of tragic and um, ridiculous events <laughs> like this one. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. And hopefully everyone listening, um, you know, understands that we can't have a mentally healthy nation until we're not a racist nation. So those two things go hand in hand. And of course, there are a ton of warm lines to reach out to if you are struggling. Um, AFSP offers warm lines, Mental Health America, Crisis uh, Text Line, Jed Foundation, um, Mental Health Coalition. There's a ton. So just wanted to plug all of those. Um, But anyways, without further ado, here is a more lighthearted conversation with Olivia Caridi. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. Today, I am so excited to be here in Austin with Olivia Caridi, who is the host of Mouthing Off with Olivia, as well as a former Bachelor contestant on Ben Higgins' season. Mm. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. This is so surreal. I'm so excited even though it's virtual to like be in the same awesome city. I know it's, uh, I mean, it's like I, I, I posted on Instagram about this, but I have really bad cedar allergies and I, I know that it's cedar. I know, but I'm just such a hypochondriac right now that I was like, I'm going to just do a quick test, but yeah, I'm not going to risk you obviously. So I figured we both have a good microphone. It'll be okay. (laughs) Exactly. I was telling my friend that because when it rained, a couple weeks ago and like my allergies got so bad I was like if I lived here I would like every day be like I have COVID it's terrible (laughs) I know and like beforehand I was you know years ago I'm like okay this sucks but it'll it's just the way it is and now I'm like okay I was looking on WebMD like what are the signs and all this and I'm yeah I'm a hypochondriac but um I know it'll be negative I'm just (laughs) freaking out and what if it's not and then I give it to you and then ah so yeah. Yeah. I just keep like smelling candles. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I smell my coffee every morning and I'm like, do I smell this? Is this my coffee? <laughs> yeah. Then I'm like, wait, okay. Oh, yeah, that's I'm hilarious. Fine. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, if you don't mind just telling me a little bit about yourself, where are you from? How old are you? Where'd you grow up? What's your sure. story? Yeah. So I'm Olivia Caridi. I'm 28, turning 29 very soon. Uh, I was born in New York City, but moved to Austin, obviously, in the year 2000. Um, so lived lived there, played volleyball in high school, was the athlete, uh, went to TCU for my undergrad, worked for a few years, and then later in life just got into graduate school. So I'm the casual 28-year-old in grad school, but I'm actually not the oldest person, which makes me feel very good. Um, and yeah, I, I, in between there, I did a crazy thing called The Bachelor, so. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, well, congrats on grad school. It's oh, thank you. Super exciting. That's in New York. Yeah. Yep. At NYU. Um, I'm back in New York. Forgot to mention that. Um, 
living in the city that I love, I've just thrived there. So I'm really happy to be back there. Yeah. It's funny that we like switched. I but know. I know. Like <laughs> just as I got there, you came here. It was funny. I'll be back though. Um, Good. I, I'm excited. I'm also, I also got into grad school. So I'm like, Oh my God. Really Wait, did I know that? Um, I, I think I told you I was applying. Yeah. And you got in. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I got into like one of the schools. I was like, yeah, I'm not sure about NYU yet just because they haven't said anything, they but will, they'll come through. I know they will. <laughs> they'll come through. But so yeah, I'll be back in New York, even though I'm loving Austin. Um, but anyways, so for some context, like I've always been fascinated about the psychological element behind The Bachelor. Like I read Amy Kaufman's book. Like it's a great book. I I just thought it was so interesting. And then I also been watching since I was like I don't know ten years old because as I was mentioning before, my dad dad got got me into it. (laughs) Yeah. So I I don't know. It's like a weird fascination, but also like I don't know addiction, I guess, to watching. And I've had a lot of former Bachelor contestants on, including the current lead. Um, but I've never had someone who like was portrayed as the villain. And so, you know, everyone who I've talked to was like, yeah, it was a great experience, like some weird things, but great experience. So I'm really excited to have you on because I think you had a really different experience. Yeah. But you're a really great person. So I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about, um, you know, your time on the season and for starters, like, why did you decide to go on? Oh, man. Uh, So before the show, I was a news anchor and I was kind of in that world of working nonstop and not dating at all. And I think my mom was a little bit (laughs) concerned about me. Um, And there's a fun fact that my parents were married on Good Morning America. So they were the first couple to ever be married on television. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. And so I think my mom always kind of had this this dream right of like romance she kind of lived in the clouds we were bachelor fans also from like 10 years old and so her and my sister I I always say conspired but it wasn't like a trickery kind of thing but they you know they kept saying will you go to casting will you go to casting and I was like I don't have time I'm working you can send a video they won't respond whatever so they made a video they overnighted it to ABC and two days later, I was anchoring and I got a call from casting from Los Angeles. Um, and I thought I, I thought I was getting pranked or something. <laughs> um, and they were like, you know, we're, we're about we're almost actually done with casting Ben's season, but we'd like to fly you out really quick last minute. And I was like, OK, fine. So I flew out there, got the green light. And I'm not kidding. A week later, I went to film. So I had a really weird like casting experience I was I guess Becca Tilly was actually like the last person technically and then they added me at the end probably because they needed a villain I don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's wild and how old were you at the time I was 23 oh wow so you were really young really young yeah did you have any expectations going in like having watched were you excited were you nervous at all I mean I guess for me, I was almost, I wish I was more nervous, but I, you know, I was on TV already, right? Like I Mm -hmm. lived half of my life on camera. Um, I was comfortable with the production side of things or so I thought. 
So I honestly really wasn't that nervous. I actually felt like I kind of had more of a comfort level because of my previous, my job experience. Um, And with that said, I, I do think I kind of went into it with too high of expectations in terms of just like the love aspect of things. Like I, I didn't know, you know, how much time you get to spend with the lead or like how quick the whole experience is. I don't really know that stuff. So I thought like I'd have all this time to get to know this person and like maybe it would work because of that. I didn't know it was such a short, you know, rushed two minutes there, two minutes here kind of thing. I didn't know that at all. So that was something I wasn't really expecting going into it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So you really like went to marry Ben? Oh, yeah. Like (laughs) I wish I wish I could say that I went for like fame or whatever. I went because I I think I actually said to them, if it's not Ben, I don't want to do it. Um, And I re- like I, re- I watched Ben's season. I thought he was someone that I would, you know, get along with or whatever. So I went into it thinking, like, I hope this works. I hope I come out of this engaged because I think that would be – I I live in the clouds. I love this. I love love stories. Like, I want to I wanna be like my parents and have, like, a TV wedding in, like, the weirdest way. So, so I was definitely there for, like, g- genuine reasons, if you will. Yeah. And it's funny. I remember watching your season. Like, I remember you being like really confident on camera and getting the first impression rose. Um, and I remember watching it with my dad and us like really liking you after the first episode because. Yeah, the first episode was good for me. And then it went downhill. <laughs> so, I mean, this question is kind of like rhetorical, but did your mental health suffer while you were on the show? Oh my God. Yeah. And like, when did that start? I really took a, a very aggressively dark turn in Las Vegas uh, when it was the the cake dance thing. I'd say th- I, I always say that was when I absolutely self-destructed in multiple ways. Um, that was when I lost all confidence in myself. Uh, that was when I felt the most alone in terms of just like having no one in the house who wanted to like sit down and ask me how I was doing kind of thing. Um, it was, it was also the time where I felt like I was losing my connection with Ben the most. And so I was like, kind of like fighting to get it back. And I was like, why am I fighting so hard to get this guy back? Like it shouldn't be this way. Like there were so many things that were just really not going my way and it, it put me into this absolute spiral that just continued onward the entire time. Like it, it got, it, it never got better after Las Vegas, I would say. And at that time, did you know, like, because, you know, obviously prior to going on, you didn't really know much about like the production and how they can take snippets of different ITMs and put them together. Like, did you know they were, portraying you as a certain type of character or did you think like oh I'm just embarrassed myself I was super naive I had no clue sorry I had no clue that I was the villain I had no clue that you know so many things were gonna get turned not my way um I guess for me 
I, I came out of it. My mom always jokes, like when I got dumped, I came home and I immediately sat down and my mom and I stayed up all night and I told her everything, like everything I could remember. And mm. she was like, oh my God, like, do you think you're going to be a villain? And I said, you know, it's really going to go either way. Like, I think people f might see that I'm kind of weird and socially awkward. And I, you know, put my foot in my mouth a few times, but I didn't mean any harm. And, and to this day, I did feel like I, I was ganged up on in the house. And I, you know, there were certain people that were really unkind to me, um, behind my back, unfortunately. Um, or, or I thought vice versa, that people would see the unkind ways of certain folks and that there, I might have like, not necessarily sympathy, but that just it could understand maybe why I was behaving strangely. Uh, mm -hmm. and obviously it went the, the first way. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I really, I really had no clue as it was happening. I knew I was drowning while we were filming, but I also knew in my heart of hearts that like, I wasn't there just purposefully being an asshole and I wasn't yeah. there trying to ruin people's lives. So I quite honestly felt like I was very boring as we were filming and like that I was in my head the whole time, um, which is why I was particularly disappointed that certain things turned out the way that they did because it felt like it was forcing a villain. And I was like, I didn't even do these ridiculous things that I'm being, you know, told I did or what whatnot. So it, it's just, yeah, a long way to answer. I, I still don't know to be honest I really don't know yeah it's actually interesting that you say that too because you know there are like it's almost like if they don't have a person who's going in there to be like I'm not here for the right reasons like yeah you know like a chat or something like, Absolutely. like, like those type of people then they're like shit and it kind of goes back to Amy Kaufman's book where she talks about like they have like a, I don't know I remember that part where she talked about like she, a little like notes about people's insecurities and like, well, you know, they'll kind of use that against them. And it's almost like to create this character that they needed to fill and had no other way of doing so either than. I do think that I, th I don't know if I could say I was a character. I think that they found my worst qualities and knew. And how do I say this? I, I was I did everything that was like an idea. I I gave in to everything. I did everything. You know, um, I would I would naturally by nature jump out of a cake and do a dance. Like that's just yeah. not something I would do. Um, and I I think that th those actions, those behaviors, ended up building a character. Um, yeah. That I didn't even know in the moment I was being, um, and. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that walked in uh, and said I can't wait to ruffle feathers and get airtime. Like that was not my intention at all. Which is why sometimes I say like I'm jealous of people like Corinne who went in and did whatever she wanted, even if it looked bad. She still like, you know, posted to social media and owned it. Like I didn't have that attitude at all, um, which I think made it even more disappointing because. I was eager. I was hopeful. Um, I wasn't there to ruin lives. And so getting, getting the, the character that I got really like broke me really bad. So. And so, 
okay, the, the season finishes filming and you're waiting for the premiere to release. In that time, like, were you nervous? Like, were you oblivious? I couldn't sleep. I was, yeah. Um, I, I don't know what was worse, honestly. Was the time waiting for the show to come out or when the show was actually airing? Like, yeah. I put them both on the same level. Um, I just, I spent all my time going back to certain moments and being like, how is this going to look? Or what did I say here? Or what did he say? I just drove myself insane trying like I had any control over how it looked <laughs> like yeah if I if I was like oh I remember what I said that somehow yeah um, it would change it yeah I didn't sleep at all the whole time but but I didn't sleep before the show started airing too um and you know we still had the the group text at that time and everyone was still kind of chatty chatting and it's funny because then the show started airing and people started kind of dropping out <laughs> the text <laughs> Or being like, oh, that's how you feel, or you know, things like that. Um, but yeah, I had the girls for a minute there. Like we were all friendly, and then once I started seeing the show air, I was like, whoa, gotta step out of this thing. So I stepped out, um, and that was yeah. It just there's so much lost sleep, so much stress for sure. At least for me, I'm sure other people don't say the same thing, but and so. I mean, that's just like one side of it, you know, the reaction of people who are also on the show. But I feel like maybe it was like your season or like a couple seasons before is kind of when Instagram was getting bigger and social media was on the rise. How was the audience's reaction and and how was that for you? Oh, God. <laughs> um. You know, it's funny that you, you mentioned the first episode because I think I've told this before, but I was with Kayla Quinn um, the first episode, and mm -hmm. um, I had a feeling that might be a good one just because of, of you know, the first impression rose. Uh, so my phone was on, and I had it on Instagram notifications because I, you know, didn't have many followers back then. <laughs> I, just, I liked seeing them, so I didn't turn it off before. And I get on the show and I, I get the first impression and my phone is just a blowing up, like my, it probably died. It, it just was like lit, lit up the whole time. And you get you get in that mode of like, oh, my God, like people like me, like all the comments were like, Mrs. Ben Higgins and you're so perfect <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And it's funny because then at the end of the episode, they showed like coming up this season and then all the comments turned from I love you to, oh, my God, wait, don't be that girl. Don't disappoint us like this. No. And then it went into episode two and I was, you know, a monster. And then it went to you're you're awful. You should die. You should kill yourself or just a variety of things. You know, some of the girls made fun of my toes and my breath and my boobs. And so all of these things, it was just all these horrible comments about my physical attributes to this day, if I try, you know, people will be like, you would be best stinks. I'm like, what, the, what are you talking? It's just like, it follows you forever. And that's a whole different thing. That's super frustrating. But, um, but it, it, it m one thing I'm particularly interested in is in terms of the, the fan base is just how like flippant they are. Like it just goes yeah. from, I love you to no, don't disappoint me to I, I hate you. And there's no in between. And when they hate someone, they really hate someone. Um, it's crazy how involved people get. 
Oh, it's, and it's crazy. Like even, um, I, I say Claire, Claire Crawley is a good friend of mine and I would go in her comment section and just wish her good, good wishes for her, you know, engagement. And I have the one, everyone is commenting all of these terrible things. And then if I comment something nice, it's like comes at me with all these terrible, I just, it's, it is really aggressive. Um, and no matter how many times people say like, hey, fans, you know, these are real people and you should be nicer. It doesn't actually change anything. These people are just honestly terrible. It's just terrible for everyone, yeah. not just me, but it's, it's awful. The psychology behind that is just so interesting to me because obviously like people, you know, react similar ways to um, like all reality stars but for some reason it just so much more aggressive in the bachelor like I don't know if it's because it's a competition or a- I think I think it's a combination of things I think this show more than any really like pits people against each other right mm-hmm. and like you know whenever there's a love component to it like people won't get as aggressive I believe if it's like just a competitive you know like a real world or not a real um the challenge it's like you want someone to win if they lose whatever but this is like you care so much about the bachelor and you don't want them to end up with this bad person so you're gonna just it's just a very strange dynamic and it's you know obviously it's literally I mean there's a reason why people do brackets on this thing there's no other show I don't believe where there's actually you're actually like pitting people and like they just get so interested and um yeah and obviously Bachelor is one of the biggest their fan base is huge right so you're automatically having a much larger audience than any other show coming after you if it's not going your way uh yeah that's true too and so how long did it take you to kind of get over the mental health problems that were caused by The Bachelor? Like if, you know, or at least like the worst part of it. Yeah. The worst part I would say took about a year. Um, I had a few different therapists because I needed like different therapists for different parts of the experience and different things I was feeling. Um, and I, I couldn't sleep. So I got like a sleeping medication and I got an antidepressant because I, I just was like in a really awful place. And, um, it took me about a year to stop crying all the time and not sleeping. And, um, you know, basically for me to wake up in the morning and like be able to move on with my life, it took me about a year, but the craziest thing is just the the greatest of all time episode, the goat episode just happened this yeah. summer and that's five years later. And I still felt like, you know, weird before filming it. I, I felt really uh, stressed. And, and of course, like when Ben came on and said nice things and the whole experience itself, that was like the first time ever that I felt actually like weight off of me five years wow. later. So, I mean, it's like literally trauma. Yeah, it is. Like I, like I talk about this with um, a friend who's also a therapist, also a therapist, I'm not a therapist, but who's a therapist is like, you know, a trauma can be anything from like just a bad relationship with a friend when you're younger or like, I mean, that's however many weeks of torture. Yeah, no, I, I 
I, I, I won't let anyone tell me it's not, it is. Um, yeah. it was. And, um, yeah, I think what's hard about it and what I found is like therapists, it's hard. No one knows what it is, right? Like, unless you've done it, you don't really know what it is. Like I'm, I'm describing all of these things that probably sound completely ridiculous to the average person. Right. So it's hard because that's so true. I couldn't, I was like, who even gets this? Like who can even, and you know, and a lot of girls on like, I'm, I'm, I'm close with a few people from my season, but I felt like I couldn't even talk to them. And that's, and I, I actually, a lot of people from older seasons came through for me and I'm still closer. I'd say with a lot of those people than people from my own season, because I just needed to talk to people that have done this before, which is why I always reach out to people, especially villains, because I'm like, you're going to need someone to talk to, even if you don't need, even if you don't know it right now. Um, yeah. I'm literally offering my services free of charge because literally it's no one gets it. <laughs> yeah, that kind of leads me to my next question, because your podcast, you know, you interview a lot of people who were on The Bachelor when did you launch mouthing off with Korea, uh, with Olivia and was it your idea like the concept yeah so um it was my podcast is actually 4 years old in march so 4 years ago in march i um i was asked to do stassi schroeder's podcast um and it was my first one ever. I hadn't even done like media anything. I was like, okay, I, I don't know what a podcast is, but this is the first. <laughs> I'll do it because I like her and her podcast is huge. So anyway, I went to a studio in New York and recorded with her. And right afterwards, someone from CBS came in and was like, we love your voice. We love your talent. Like, would you want to start a podcast here in New York? And I was like, what? what? What's what's that? So I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, let's we'll have a meeting. We'll discuss it. So we had a meeting and um, the one thing I said was like creativity wise, I want it to all be me. Like you can't tell me who, who to talk to, who not to talk to, what to say, what not to say. Um, mm. And the one thing at the time, everyone was laughing about my mouth and like how I was always had my mouth wide open, <laughs> which I didn't even know that I do. Um, but I was like, I know, I know the quote, if you can't beat them, join them. And so I was like, I'm not going to get people to stop laughing about my mouth. So I might as well like, monetize it or not monetize it but like make it make it a thing so mouthing off is totally my plan and um like the photo shoot my jaw was locked for like days because I just took a variety of photos (laughs) with my mouth wide open and um yeah and from the beginning I just wanted to interview people from all reality shows but I wanted to try to get to like the the crux of um their experience and like what really happened there. And I've, I've obviously broken a contract or two, um, but (laughs) it's okay with me. I don't really care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because I mean, my reason for pursuing therapy or (laughs) a career in therapy is because of my past and like having battled mental health issues, having lost friends to suicide, like, it's it's very much like a I guess like selfish kind of decision but also like I don't know lines up with my past lines up with my interests do you when interviewing contestants do you ever feel like there's a part of you that's trying to get some sort of not validation may that may not be the best word but like like it wasn't just me I've thought about it it. I've never thought about it that way 
Um, so for me, the show originally, my show, sorry, was very therapeutic in that, you know, I got to talk about my experiences unedited and I, people could hear me, right? Like they could, for the first time, listen to me talk about what I went through and it made me feel so good. And it, I, you know, even if I was breaking my contract, I was like, I can't be silenced about this. Like it's going to give me so much anxiety. I just want to talk about it. And mm-hmm. it turned into me having conversations with people who feel the same way. Um, yeah. And, you know, like I've had so many people on as of recent that are even like, you know, thank you for giving me this time and this chance and for like doing the research and knowing what you're talking about and like you know not being afraid to ask the questions that are going to get me in trouble or like letting me have that space and that's something that that always makes me really happy when I hear people say that is is because I got I gave myself that space and I I my goal is to let other people have it because I know how hard it is to be silenced and like you want the whole world to know like what really happened in this scene and what really happened here? Um, so yeah, in many ways, maybe I was trying to um, mimic my own experience, but also if someone comes on and they're like, I had the greatest time and I, I feel no mental health issues whatsoever. I'm like, <laughs> great. That's freaking awesome. Let's still talk about your experience. Like it, it's not a matter of, I need, I only want to interview people who had a hard time. Um, if anything, I, I love interviewing people who had a great time because it makes me feel like, oh, that's good that like I want people to come out of it knowing like I had a great time or um, I, I want everyone to be happy. And um, yeah. And yeah, sometimes I'm like oh, I'm so jealous, but also like, <laughs> I'm just glad that there are people that walk away from it not feeling like their life is over, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely like it must be very relative on like how the edits go and how like who what producer they get and things like that but you kind of touch on it but do you feel like having this podcast has helped like the part of you that kind of was broken in the bachelor like sort of heal slowly I mean yeah yeah I you know I I definitely like before I was on the show as I said I was a news anchor and I took my career really seriously and I you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with being confident in your abilities. And like the one thing that I was really good at was, you know, research, talking to people, um, communication skills. And when I left my job for The Bachelor and after The Bachelor, um, you know, I tried to apply to a few stations and it was just no. And I felt like the one thing in my life that I was so good at that I loved so much like either I ruined it or like it was taken from me. I, I didn't really know what I was feeling at the time, but getting the podcast was such a great outlet for me to like still do what I love to do, but do it in a way that's like more therapeutic, um, more creative. Um, if that makes any sense, it's, I, I felt like I got something back that I was worried I, that was lost forever. Um, yeah, no, definitely didn't. And I'm not just saying this, but you are, like, such a good interviewer. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Like, I love listening to your podcast, and you ask such good questions, and you also, like, don't take 
shit. Like I recently listened to your episode re- with Reality Steve, oh, and you were like, man. "Nope." Steve. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you were sticking to your guns, and like, I still, we still really are trying to get those it. questions. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm definitely, definitely on your side, especially with the recent other ex that was on his podcast. But different, different conversation. Yeah. No, I think that. Uh, I think there's obviously so many podcasts out there. I'm not one of those people that's like, ugh, another pod. Like, I think everyone, if you have an idea and a creativity, you should honor it. Um, but certainly, like, you know, yours is actually impressive. I've done podcasts before where I'm like, does this person even know who I am? Or, like, <laughs> anything about me? And that frustrates me because I'm like, why, why are we talking? So my goal is, one, that I never want anyone to feel like that. Um, I want everyone to think that, I am their best friend, which I probably am. I'm like a huge fan. Um, but like there's not an episode where I won't, you know, do watch every episode that someone has been on and make sure that my questions are relevant. And and yeah, I'm not afraid to to push a little bit because that might be the, the, the journalist in me, like how many times I interviewed, you know, the bad guys or, you know, a bad story, like there, I get so much of my former career in this and that's, what's really cool. And, um, and yeah, I, I, when any, when anyone says I'm a good interviewer, that makes me really happy because that, that's my, that's my bread and butter. That's what I want. Like it might not be the most fun, gossipy little entertaining podcast, but like (laughs) if you want to get to know someone and their experience and like maybe get a little bit of tea here and there, like, I think that's, um, where, where I come in kind of thing. Yeah. Definitely. When's your birthday? March 29th. I was like, maybe you're a Virgo too. <laughs> I was like, here I am with like my like notepad. Of notes. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've literally, I'm like, why are we doing this? Like it's just, or, or, or when it's just like, there's no point to it. And like, we're just like shooting the shit. I guess some people like that, but I'm, I'm not super into that. Um, so yeah, I guess that's all to say. I appreciate that you are. <laughs> prepared (laughs) thank you I appreciate it too um I appreciate the the compliment hey guys I wanted to quickly plug a few of my sponsors as um they have been supporting me so significantly and also just helping me stay mentally and physically strong which has been really great and is a thus a great fit for my podcast uh, first, I wanted to talk about Sakara. I've, ta- I've mentioned them a bunch, but I wanted to um, just explain how useful they've been these past couple of weeks. It's only a week into 2021, and I've already kind of given up on making my own food because I'm lazy, and uh, yeah, pretty much that's that's why. Um, but right now, they've having a delicious meals delivered to my doorstep has been an absolute lifesaver. Specifically because every single, you know, meal they offer really gives me the energy to get to power through the day, which has been really useful. Um, Especially right now, it's like snowing in Austin, which I was not expecting and makes me just want to go to sleep during a workday. So this has been very necessary. Uh, Again, for those who don't know, Saqqara is an organic meal delivery program based on a whole food plant rich diet that includes fresh, nutrient-dense, and delicious ingredients. Um, They have nutritional pillars that form the basis of each and every meal, and then those are delivered directly to your door. They have a number of different programs, like a total body reset, if you're really kind of trying to 
recharge for the uh, new year um, or just they also have Sakara Boutique, which basically is like more one-off products. So I love their probiotics and um, I've also been enjoying their metabolism, metabolism superpower powder, Whoa. super powder, but it has superpower. <laughs> Anyways, you can get 20% off your order if you go to Sakara.com and use the code XOZOE at checkout. So that's Sakara.com with code XOZOE. 20% off your order. Try it. You'll love it. I promise. Also, I want to talk about BetterHelp because they are just an absolute lifesaver. We talk a lot about therapy in this podcast and honestly, well, in this episode and just every episode in the podcast, but they're absolutely amazing. I have a wonderful counselor who has helped me with so much and yeah, I couldn't recommend them enough. So to get 10% off your first month, you can use my code and just go to trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe. That's trybetterhelp.com slash Zoe for 10% off your first month. Try it again. You'll love it. I promise. Anyways, back to the show. Um, so now I kind of wanted to talk about this current season because you mentioned you were watching. And I was thinking about it because... I obviously was, you know, turned on, glued in, having had Matt as my first guest. Um, But I also kind of like the psych part in me was like, okay, I don't know. There's, it's, the pets are so interesting and I feel like every season's kind of the same. It is. It's exactly the same (laughs) with different people. Exactly. And, And so, you know, just watching the first episode, you can kind of, tease like who's going to be the quote-unquote villain and there's that girl queen victoria whatever and i was thinking about it today on a walk and i was like wait this girl is totally normal like you can tell that they're pumping her ego like oh yeah your ego gets pumped for show on that show and yeah i just feel like when i was watching it at first i was like oh my god this like the the reality TV caddy part me was like, oh my God, this girl is so annoying. She sucks. But then I was thinking, I'm like, no, this girl is definitely being manipulated. I mean, I'm sure if I can picture it, I'm sure she was uh, in fully imbibed with whatever she, I, she had like a fruity looking thing in her hand. Um, so there's that. And there's the whole, you should go talk to him again. I think, I think you should yeah. go talk to him again. Um, and I, a little anecdote, it might be an aside, but um, my sister hates the show, hates it because of my experience, um, but she still watches it. She hate watches it probably with me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, she, you know, she's sitting here and she's like, it's the same stuff every freaking season. It's the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it really is. Like, you know, Victoria was probably like the lace from my season. Like the first two episodes, she's like really wacky and then she's gone kind of thing she's like the initial villain as I would say that's what Mm. Victoria is and um we're watching with her boyfriend and um, it's the end of the rose ceremony it's the final rose and he's like there's no way Victoria is getting that rose and I'm like like, she is 400 percent getting that rose and he's like oh but Matt's not even into her and I was like no he's not but she's 400 percent getting the rose like that's how this works so it's just funny that like it's all it's all the same. It's a different. It's the same recipe, but with different people. Um, but yeah, I always I I just find that a funny anecdote because 
<laughs> yeah, it's just so silly. <laughs> no, it's so true. I was watching it with my two roommates who've never really watched, and they're like, that she's not going to get through it. So I'm like, you clearly have not been never watched the show, have you? <laughs> she I'm will like, be on for like one more episode, and then she'll and then she'll go. She'll take the boot. But um, yeah. oh, so you don't think she's going to be the two on one? I was you thinking. You know, I don't. I think I think the real villain or villains will come out. Like typically it comes out episode three or four. Um, but I don't think Victoria, typically the the real villains ironically are people that the, the lead has a connection with of some kind. And you know, Matt definitely doesn't have a connection with Victoria. So I can't see that. Happening. Yeah. yeah. But that's just actually, that's a good point. Yeah. Do you have any, I mean, granted they haven't even like brought in all the girls, but do you have any like predictions? <sighs> okay. Um, we did talk about who we, who we liked. Um, I liked Brie. Yeah, I like Brie too. I've written my, my I like, notes. Obviously, I like Abigail. I think, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Abigail. I'm bad with names. Um, I love, I love Chelsea, the mo- the tall model with the the sh- the shaved haircut. Oh yeah. Oh my god, her dress she was is so amazing. Huge crush on her. Um, I was just thinking of who was trending. Uh, Rachel was was hot. I I get weird vibes from her. Me, Me too, too. Um, but so I think he likes her. her. I think she was almost like too cool. And there was a moment where I think she said something like, well, when they reached out and I was like, please, <laughs> you begged. We all did. Um, so, so yeah, uh, uh, she gives me kind of funny vibes. Um, let me see here. I like Katie. I think she's funny. I loved, I wish I, is it? Oh, Katie is great. The dildo girl. Yeah. Um, no, I loved the girl who came in with the truck and then they had sweet tea. Um, K, it starts with a K. Oh, there's so many girls. Okay, wait, hang on. So many, and there's going to be more. I'm going to get it. Yeah, why are they bringing in more people? I don't understand that whatsoever. I don't know either. I was like, he had some connections. I I have no idea. I was really sad about Alicia, the, the um, ballerina. Me too. I was really surprised that he gave her a little... Promo to. Is it Kalea? Oh, Kayla. Kayla. I can't read. Kayla. Yes. Her. Kayla. Oh, yeah. I liked her, too. Oh, yeah. The truck. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. from North Carolina. She came in with a um, truck, and she was driving stick, which I was like, what? Yeah, I like her. I thought she was going to get the first impression rose, um, personally. So that was my pick for first impression rose. But obviously, Abigail's like nailed it. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting. I mean, just still so funny to me that it's Matt as a bachelor. But yeah, if anyone wants to listen and learn about his mental health, like yeah, <laughs> no, I um I like him. I like him a lot. I think it it's it's just different having someone that I really don't know anything about because there's really not that much time to like get to know these people when you think about it. So like the reason I like it typically is because I've already kind of seen this person or I've seen like, you know, the way they behaved on the prior show. Um, so it's just different not knowing a single thing about the lead, um, minus the friend that he's, or minus the fact that he's good friends with Tyler Cameron, which I am very happy that they didn't have anything alluding to Tyler Cameron the first episode. Oh yeah. That's actually, that's true they didn't do actually that the, the clip that they had of the abc food tours they blurred tyler's uh face out 
so I was really oh wow I didn't even I didn't even notice I was happy about that because I was afraid they were gonna make it this whole like bro thing um yeah no they're making it his own show um it's funny too because like this is the first time I've ever personally known someone on the show let alone the lead um and I was like re-listening to the episode with the recording with him and he's very well spoken and he phrased everything the exact same on the show as he did when he recorded with me. Like h- him explaining his relationship with his parents and his mom. I was like, damn, like he is very well-spoken, like knows how to um, communicate everything. And obviously he's gorgeous, but <laughs> he's, I think he's going to do well. I think he's, I think having a new quote unquote new person was actually I mean, I think he's gorgeous. Um, I think that at the end of the day, I'd say this about any lead. Like, it's not about the lead. It's about the girls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's why I I wish that I had seen him on a previous season because at the end of the day, it's not really much about getting to know the lead. And that's why I'm always like, oh, you know, it's all about the girls. It's all about the cast of girls and what they're going to do and the drama they're going to start. So True, true. So yeah, I want to get to know him more, but. No, not just shower scenes. More. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my God. So the many classic shower gyms. scene. Can't deal. Can't deal. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Really quick, I want to talk about the amazing people who built my website. So for some context, when I was thinking about creating a website for Salton City, I was looking at, you know, like Wix and um, whatever the other... <laughs> website creators are called like Squarespace etc and I wanted something unique because those tend to be like very just template focused so um, I knew that WordPress would be the best option but I do not know how to um, use WordPress so I reached out to um, an amazing friend named Madison who works with her boyfriend to create like really custom websites and I just I'm so grateful that I connected with them because the website that I have looks so awesome. So um, they run a company called BE Digital that does the entire spectrum spectrum of digital marketing. They build custom websites and help with getting the websites in front of people with SEO and ads. Um, So if you are interested in their services, you can go to bedigitalseo.com or you can just um, message me and... I will give you their contact information. But yep, definitely check them out. Anyways, back to the episode. So before I wrap up, I always end with a few questions unrelated to Bachelor or really anything. But first question is, what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Oh, God. I mean, I hate to say this. I hate to say the show. I'm try- I'll try to think of something that's not the show. Um, I, I have to say the show I hate to say <laughs> it but there's nothing that there's nothing that was that traumatic that um that didn't make me a better stronger person so yeah that one doesn't get that's the show that's stupid <laughs> no it's okay I was, I was like you can say it <laughs> next question is do you believe everything happens for a reason no why not just if if that if that were true like so much of my life I'd be like wait what 
Like, I don't know. I just don't. I'm a skeptic. And I, I think that you, your choices and, and things that you, paths that you take in life are, um, you choose them, you know, like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I like to flip it and say like, you can learn something from everything that happens. I'm more that route, right? Like I make a choice and it either goes well or it doesn't. And I learn from it. And hopefully my next choice is better because of that experience kind of person. Like, I don't think, um, I walked into the show for a reason. Um, (laughs) I don't think that, you know, I got into school for a reason. I think that like good choices were made that led me somewhere good and hopefully good things keep happening. Um, or I made a choice and it led me to something really, um, traumatic in my life, but I've learned a lot from it and I hope I can make better choices in the future. Like, I just think we're in control of our destiny, I guess, ultimately is what I I believe. Yeah, I agree. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra that you live by? Oh my gosh. Um, I, 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 before the sh- before the show I wouldn't necessarily say this but now I I just it's probably cliche but I guess that's what mantras are for um but just to be yourself because not everyone's gonna like you anyway um you know after the show I was really devastated that like people didn't like me um and now I just don't care right like the yeah. people that like me I like them a lot um, and the people that don't like me, that's fine. That's cool. Like, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Um, and I'm okay with that. And I guess that might just come with age, uh, or yeah, but I don't even know if that's a mantra, but that's what I, I'm, I'm not gonna, basically, it's I'm not going to waste my life trying to get people to like me essentially is, is what I believe now. Yeah. I think it's like a big thing to get past people pleasing. Oh Yeah. And just like, you know, I'm someone like relationship wise, I've had some, some crumb experiences in relationships. I've been rejected many times. Um, and I like that. I, I think I'm freaking awesome. I think you're freaking awesome. And like, if someone doesn't get it, that's, that's not your fault. That's not their fault. It's just something's wrong and it's not meant to be like, I do believe that some people are just not meant to jive and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but just because someone doesn't want you doesn't mean you're not a freaking awesome person. Um, it just means they're not your person. And I think that works with friendships and romantic relationships and yeah. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, I had, um, someone on the other day who, cause we were talking about like friendships and spreading yourself too thin and like, you know, quality over quantity or yeah, quality over quantity kind of a thing. And he said this quote, I'd never heard of this expression, but he's like, you can, would you rather have four quarters or a hundred pennies? And I was like, that is a great quote. I'm going to use that all the time. Yeah. Right? See, I'm the four quarters girl. I know a lot Same. of people that are a hundred pennies girls and, and guys. Um, and yeah, that's a great expression. Right. I was like, I'm going to use that every time. Yeah. To, to what? Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, I'm, I'm the four quarters girl. I have like six incredibly close friends that know everything about me, vice versa. Um, and for a long time, even I felt like insecure about that. Like I was like, why do I not have more friends? Like, why am I not more social? 
Um, but yeah, I don't, I've just grown into myself and like grown into the fact that I'm not a social butterfly. I'm not meant to like be the, the person who has a billion friends. Am I sometimes like, you're cool. I wish I was like you. Yes, but I'm not like that. Um, and yeah, I, I just, I, I'm just more, I'm more like settling into myself and rejecting anything that doesn't like honor that kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. I love that. Kind of leads me to my next question, which is what do you love most about yourself? Um, I really like my drive. Uh, and I don't, I mean, in college, I was the person that had like four jobs. I was managing everything. I was trying to soak up every opportunity I could in terms of like career. And I, I'd say maybe this this goes more in terms of career than anything else. Um, but like, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to um, to like get going work wise, right? Like, make it happen. Introduce myself to professors, network, engage. Um, I want to be the best I can be like career wise, work wise. I wish it went into, um, like dating, but it doesn't. So (laughs) I don't know, but my drive for sure. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's also like led you to create an awesome podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, I mean, there's nothing I'm, I'm not going to like give 150% to like, is it a lot to be in school and to be trying to make money to pay for school and to have a podcast? It's yes, it's exhausting. It's really hard, but like there's nothing that's not going to get me a quality episode on time for my people. Like that's gonna happen. Even if it means like no sleep, exhaustion, things like that. Like I'm always going to do my best hundred percent. Um, yeah, no, I love that. And that'll be me too, me, me as well soon in fall. Oh my God. <laughs> like, it's hard. It's like, you know, you'll be at the end of the week and you're like, oh my God, I forgot to record a podcast this week. Like, what was I? My recommendation is to what I call have some in the can. Yep. Record like four in one week so that if there's one week where someone, you know, says, oh, I'm sorry, I can't do it. You're, you're like, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. That's what I've been doing this week. I took off from work. So I was like, good girl doing my dm slides if anyone else wants to come on it take don't take no for an answer you were great at that um (laughs) hard to reach and um yeah definitely like in the can it'll help your peace of mind and it'll keep you on top of your game for sure as far as podcasting is concerned um awesome yeah and last question which is the name of the podcast is how do you find solace in the city (gasps) Reading, going for a walk. I don't know. How do I? How do you? Hmm. Well, it's weird now because I'm in a different city, but I always like think of New York. Yeah. How do you find solace there? <laughs> I know there's also like pre-COVID. Now, now it's all nuanced. I'd say like pre-COVID, it would be like going on a long run. Yeah. And then kind of just exploring by myself and like going to Union Square and people watching. And During like finals week in New York, um, obviously it's COVID, so it's weird, but I would just 
I knew like I had to get up from my desk sometimes, right? And I would put in my headphones and I didn't have a destination. I just would walk because I was like, yeah. I yeah. want to get my 10,000 steps in because I know I'll feel better and I know it'll be good for me. Um, yeah, and like the last one I did, I, I walked up to Rockefeller. I didn't even know I was going that direction. I literally was just like going where the lights were lit, <laughs> allowing me. Um, so yeah, I guess maybe like walking aimlessly but with a purpose is something that helps me a lot. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, that's the funny thing about coming to Austin is I'll be like, how far is this place? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's only two miles or it's two miles. And I'm like, OK, I'll walk. I mean, I'm yeah, like, at least you're downtown, right? Like where I am, it's car or nothing. So it's just like I don't get to I'll go walk up the street to the school and back because I'm just like, where is my like my streets? Where is West 10th? Where is? Uh- yeah. <laughs> Where's the grid? Yes. Where's my grid? <laughs> yeah, that's that's but- my that's my solace. <laughs> and now I'm just walking around Ladybird. Like, <laughs> well, hey, I do it, too. I try to do it a couple times a week. So. Yeah, it's so beautiful. But Olivia, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, Where can everyone tune in to Mouthing Off, uh, follow you, everything? I'm not a great follow, but I I occasionally post on Instagram (laughs) at Olivia Caridi. Uh, Twitter, I'm actually very active on uh, Olivia Caridi. And my big thing is my podcast. It's called Mouthing Off. Anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can find it. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio.com, all of them. Just search Mouthing Off with Olivia Caridi. You'll see a big mouth on your screen, and you'll know that it's me. So (laughs) that is the spots. (laughs) Well, thanks again, and bye, everyone. Bye.